2: and the world at large.
1: We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email Tucson at gmail.com.
2: We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors, for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hint products
1: They're loud out there today. <laughs> Welcome to Weed's Day Wednesday. You must be on some sativas or something. Yeah, that's right. Sativas. Those uppity-ups. Good for the vacuuming of your whole entire neighborhood. <laughs> Sometimes people want that kind of energy. People come in and I'm like, well, you want to get stuff done, get some sativa. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. You vacuum your house, your neighbor's house, their neighbor's house. I and mean, they be a whole thing. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday folks. Woo! It is, holy cow, January 22nd. We're blazing through the year already. Don't worry, I won't do this very much because it's not time yet. Oh, but it will be soon enough. There's only like 300 and something days left. <coughs> Better start shopping. Alright, welcome to Weed Day Wednesday. Wednesday, January 22nd. Just in case you missed that again. It is Kind of a cloudy day out here today. What are y'all up to? What are y'all smoking? And let's start chatting about the news. Ooh. All right. Woo. Well, first off, let's give a shout out to Tumbleweed Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard for over eight years. Certifying the Patients of Arizona. Over 200,000 patients out there. We clap for you guys because you just are telling everybody that you need your weed. Who doesn't need their weed? i turn that down in a different place. Um, yeah, that's a lot of patients out there. So thank you, Tumbleweeds Health Center. Uh, come on down. Broadway, Swan, <clears throat> Southeast Side. Come get certified. It's good for two years now, which is so awesome. Uh, whether legalization legalization is going to happen or not, at least the card's good for two years now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you want, you can check out tumbleweedshealthcenter.com and check out check out the whole website. Um, there, there's a lot going on right now in the in the world of certifications in Arizona, and I'll talk about that in a second. However, if you go to the certification section and you scroll on down there and it says what conditions qualify you for a medical cannabis card PTSD cancer glaucoma AIDS chronic pain uh, and chronic pain includes everything a whole host of painful things so bring it. Uh, Severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy and other seizures. I should, you know, there's a lot of seizures in there. Uh, HIV, Hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's. And I think I might play a short video today uh, about just that. Agitation of Alzheimer's, cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. You're eligible for a medical cannabis card If you suffer from a chronic or debilitating disease or medical condition or just the treatment for a chronic or debilitating disease or a medical condition that causes any of the above conditions and more. That's right. If any of the medications you're on or any, any treatment you're going through is making you sick or you get any of those kind of effects, well, there you go. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona Medical Marijuana Card. That's right. Give us a call, 520 838 4430. You can email Tucson at gmail.com. And if you get on the website, there's um, a little form at the bottom you can fill out and say, hey, I have a question. Here it is. What's your answer? And, by golly, we'll get you an answer. Sometimes people just send them in with words. Like, <laughs> we, got a, we got a really funny word last week. I was like, excuse me? Okay, well, there's just the word. Okay. Anyway, um, so I don't even know where I want to go with the show this morning. There's so many things. You know what? Let's give a couple other shout-outs, all right? Let's do it. Let's just do it. Shout-out to Growers House at 3635 East 34th Street. Get on down, and you can check Growers House dot uh, com for all of their fun and groovy things online um, they've got everything you need from growing dirt uh, buckets, put your dirt in, they've got lighting systems lighting systems, ooh maybe we'll lead out with that one later, lighting systems um, they've got I can't even think of all the things they have they, I, they don't have the seeds, I don't think you're going to find the seeds there yet, growers house have their own packages of seeds Let's do this, boys. Um, everything. All the fun things you can add to your, your soil. They've got all the hydroponic stuff. They've got aerop- aeroponic stuff. They have fish If you want little fishies eating all the stuff and pooping it out and fertilizing your plants that way, you can do that. <clears throat> in fact, there was a little kit at Costco over the holidays, um, like a little starter kit. You go buy a fish and stick it in the bucket. They've got the whole thing rigged up anyway. Um, my neighbor did it, and we'll see how it goes. Um, Also, let's give a shout-out to Health Online Digital Magazine. You don't have to go anywhere but where you are right now to listen or to, well, you could probably get it to talk to you, (laughs) but to read this. Health
2: is a digital magazine focused on knowledge, safe access, and advocacy with a monthly subscription readership. It's loaded with scientific and clinical articles from various healthcare professionals, Profiles of cannabis clinics offering safe access to medicines, national and local organizations open to the public, and real-life patient success stories. It's free to subscribe, so don't miss another issue of Canna Health.
1: Wow, that was crazy. Someone was calling in, I'm calling out, who knows what's going on. Great, great. <clears throat> that's tech. That's technology for you to say. So we've got an interesting um, magazine that came to Tumbleweeds Health Center, and I will have it down there for everybody to uh, listen, read, actually, when you, you will go down to Tumbleweeds Health Center, get certified. or just come get an education. Come get some CBD products. We've got some great CBD products down there. Um, we've got all our new tinctures, which are really super awesome. Yeah, we'll do a game winner for that one. And uh, we've got all sorts of vaporizers, and people are vaping. We get we get people coming in for the uh, herb vaporizers, um, and we always recommend the Magic Flight. It's a really great product, lifetime guarantee, great folks from California, Bell's Home State, and um, just really really good good product. And they they've got an interchangeable. This is great. So if you're smoking herb, you can just smoke the herb, and you can see it all on the little clear lid that goes on it's really fantastic and then they've got a little tiny little tray you can stick in there if you want to do some concert traits. because remember a little dab will do you holy <laughs> leo so we got this interesting magazine called vapor voice <clears throat> and i'm not sure how it came in but we got issue number six and uh the shadow trump's on the front and it says heated debate trump hears both sides of flavor fiasco Okay, well, we'll get to that, because I know there's they um, banned flavors um, on the market. Um, but they've got this little news blip. So let's see here. Okay, first off, uh, Trump softened stance on flavors. U.S. President Donald Trump appeared to soften his position on banning flavored vapor products during a meeting with stakeholders November 22nd, citing concerns about black market sales according to reports in the wall street journal the washington post and usa today if you don't give it to them <clears throat> it's going to come here illegally he said during a listening session at the white house on policies to address a surge in underage vaping that includes vaping industry leaders public health advocates and others uh, hope that was someone's grandma in the room as the other Seriously, did you hear the story? I mean, wasn't a story? Did you hear that this kid, um, oh, God, his face blew up on him. He died in front of his grandma in her garage. I mean, no, not not, not toy. Um, anyway, it's true. It's going to get there. So you may as well monitor it and regulate it and test it for darn sake. Trump said that instead of legitimate companies making something that's safe, they're going to be selling stuff on a street corner that could be horrible <clears throat> Mark I. now instead of having a flavor that's at least safe they're going to be having a flavor that's poison he said trump announced a ban on flavored e-cigarettes in september in response to growing youth vaping the administration had been expected to release details on the ban in november but it was delayed following pushback from conservative interest groups vapor industry advocates and e-cigarette users, (laughs) all who give him fun things, I'm sure, who warned about job uh, job losses, land loses, illicit sales, and the risk of vapors taking um, up smoking. Well, they're not going to take up smoking. They're just going to go to a different flavor. Jeez. Pro-vaping organizations have also been publishing uh, surveys showing that vaping in popular, is popular in key states. Trump needs to win re-election. Okay, duh. During the November 22nd meeting, Trump reiterated his uh, support for raising the minimum age to purchase e-cigarettes and tobacco products to 21 from 18. Uh, moved, backed by e-cigarette maker Juul Labs and other companies. Um, <clears throat> vapor industry representatives put forward alternatives to an outright ban, such as advertising limits and end to online sales requiring e-cigarettes to be kept behind the counter or restricting their sale to adult only stores. Wow. Anti-tobacco advocates pleaded with Trump to stick with the flavor ban, saying bright students were failing out of school because of their nicotine addictions. According to the Washington Post, the listening session at times uh, resembled a public policy version of the reality TV show, The Apprentice. Well, hello. Um, industry and government representatives occasionally shouted at each other in order to persuade Trump. <laughs> Among those on the guest list were Jewel Labs CEO Casey uh, Crossway, as well as Altria CEO, oh Lord, Howard Willard, and Reynolds Josephs uh Fragnido two executives of the largest U.S. tobacco companies. Hello? No kidding. That's not bullying. I don't know what is. Uh, where is it? Anyway, um, other invitees included Gregory Conley, president of the American Vaping Association, and Tony Abood, executive director of the Vaping Technology Association. Um, health leaders who attended included the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids president, Matt Myers, the American Academy of Pediatrics President-elect, Sally Goza, and the American Lung Association President, Harold Wimmer. Uh, Conley said afterward that the president seemed to understand that prohibition is not the only option. He cares a lot about youth and keeping them away from uh, these products, but there are the job issues and the adult uh, cessation issues that is clearly weighing on his mind, Conley said. Gary Leroy, president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, noted that the sides were far apart on such issues as the value of vaping to wean adults off cigarettes, but said all sides seemed to agree uh, that vaping, quote, has no place for young adults below the age of 21, quote. And I that for that. You know, kids are distracted enough these days with these damn cell phone! I'm going to say it. I'm distracted myself. When you stick the vapes in their hands <laughs> and they, you know, they're just doubly distracted. But they're not just vaping. I mean, these kids are just uh, they're in, in, inhaling these things and like, they look like fire extinguishers when they come out. It's crazy. And they literally can fill a room with um They've that like you won't be able to see through it's absolutely nuts yeah it's not good welcome silver sister to the show in grand island new york what's going on take the 90 is it snowing what do we got over there uh we got rain we've had rain for the last couple of days which is a golf clap over here too people love the rain over here it's so funny you see people come running out of their house and they start dancing in it and running around with their shoes off it's really cute um okay Here's another little article. Nicotine standard. So, okay. So, what do y'all think about banning flavors? I mean, it's, it's not the ba- you know their whole issue is it's not the flavor because they're gonna find another flavor. Or if that flavor's that bad and they have to go to that the black market for flavor, that's pretty pretty sad. Um, but I'm not sure how uh, strong. Ooh, pretty pretty snow over there. That looks like a beautiful little scene no as long as I don't have to live in it haha <laughs> um, yeah the vapors you know the flavors and stuff well the whole 21 and over thing doctors will tell you all doctors will tell you that your your brain still develops you yeah you all you uh, is still developing until 25 I, I would hope that it would still be developing even on that <laughs> But that just goes to hold my argument. We're not supposed to live past, like, 36. We're going 1800 style. That's right. Shotgun it out. Whip it out. That's right. Um, we wouldn't be seeing all the arthritis and aches and pains and crap we have to heal with cannabis. Uh, all right, God. just Come on. You gave me this sense of humor. Don't <laughs> strike me down now, especially in the middle of the show. Um, but, you know, I think it's important for, you know, kids to... And there are kids when they're, you know, even 18-year-olds, even 20 and 21-year-olds are sometimes kids. We all know that. Um, Everybody develops differently. And we do have to be careful with what we put in our body and how often we put it in our body. These are, like, these are, like, really, really addictive tendencies. And, oh, welcome, Cannabis Kid is here, too. Look, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Welcome. Let's see. Oops, I can get the unmute. Hey, Cannabis Kid, there you are.
2: Good morning, Bell Star. Good. How is everyone Good morning. doing out there? How are
1: you? Oh, we're doing, I'm doing great. Well. We're just reading about the vaping industry here. We got a fun little magazine oh, yeah. uh yeah, called Vapor Voice, and we we're just reading about how they were trying to ban flavors um in the e-cigarettes, but they just went to banning uh or just moving the age up to 21. What do you feel about moving the age up to 21 for cigarettes and things like that?
0: Um well,
2: I feel like you're uh, if you they're doing the old enough for war. I feel like uh, that's kind of a, a tough one, being that alcohol is twenty one, you know, um, marijuana is twenty one. Are
1: they old enough for war at eighteen? <laughs> I question that too. Seriously, I question yeah. if
2: they're old enough for war
0: at
1: eighteen. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's
2: like you're just barely coming out of become, you know, being a a teenager, and uh, you're putting into all these situations, all these chemicals are available to you. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't have, a ch- I don't have any kids of myself, so it's kind of hard for me. Yeah. Um, I know how old I was when I tried a lot of different chemicals and things like that and put them in my body and experimented. Um How old were you? and I know it was um I was uh, twelve when I smoked marijuana. Whoa. And, yeah I was. I was twelve. Um <laughs> I think I was I'm I might have been probably right around the same age when I sipped a beer. You yeah. know. I mean granted yeah, well, my parents had no idea, you know.
0: Oh. Yeah.
2: So, I yeah. mean, it's not like it was freely there and accessible. We stole cigarettes from my aunt. You know, I mean, just these things that kids do,
0: but yeah.
2: Uh it to be reg- readily available and, you know, something that is there that you can just go in. I I think it's a responsibility thing. I think we mm-hmm. need to look at what it looks like as far as um being a responsible Chemical user, uh, I mean and that includes
1: all we have that Yeah. Conversation. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think that's really what we're missing as a, a nation mm-hmm. is that being able to talk uh, freely and yeah. openly about these these uh, these chemicals and the way that they affect your body and the you know the outcomes if used inappropriately or. Heavily used. I mean, all of those conversations need to be had, and um, you know, yeah. I I had those convers those conversations were had by me by had by um, school officials. I I don't remember my parents like ever really having that conversation with me. Yeah. Um, and not that they you know that makes them bad or anything like that, but it. It's just one of those things about our country that we're really missing the boat on why things like this uh, are happening. You know, the over drug use, the yeah.
0: alcoholism,
2: and things like that. The, the pills and all of this is, is because we're not talking about it. It's, it has nothing yeah. to do with the drugs themselves. The, you know, these things right. have been around for thousands of years. So why yeah. are we making it that? The issue when we need to really just be talking about the issue in general.
0: So mm-hmm. it's
2: really interesting well, where we're going to we be. Yeah. Well, yeah. We kind of hide it. Um, we don't talk about it. Um, and then when you don't talk about it, well, I mean, when you're when you're small and you're young and you know and your youth, mm-hmm. it, it's. Um, it makes you a little more, uh, what is it, you, you, you're you curious because you're like, well, why aren't my parents talking to me about these things? What,
0: uh-huh.
2: what is it that I need to find out? Obviously, because someone else isn't going to tell me about it. So I think that leads to that curiosity of going, you know, what what are these things and how if I try them out, you know, and get my perspective on them, you know and not being able to have the full information about how they affect you it can lead to a lot of different problems so I
1: remember I we just had to look um, at it yeah and it's absolutely a lack of communication on 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 everybody's part my parents didn't sit down and have any of those talks with me either <laughs> um, but I didn't start I started I tried pot when I was uh 20 almost damn near 21 late 20, and um, it was just a snap decision. My besties were doing it and had been doing it for years, and I was like, no, no, no. You know, I'd, I'd drink my wine coolers or have some beers or whatever when we'd go to a weekend party or whatever, but... Um, Sorry, did
2: you just say yeah. wine coolers?
1: Yep, it was a wine cooler thing. I know.
2: Bartles and James.
1: Oh, yeah. Peach. All those... Wildberry... <laughs> Uh-huh. My stomach's turning. <laughs> yeah um, but too yeah, much sugar. we didn't have a whole lot of Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Oh my god, way too much that syrupy crap. Um, we didn't we I'm trying to think of what we had like in high school. I went to my own I, I, I took it upon myself to go with a um the one of the coaches, teachers, to a drug awareness thing. I think that was a Freudian thing I did because my mom was um having challenges with all that crap and, um, but, we never talked about it, so, you know, it's just, kids experimented and then, you know, as we got older, I did other things, <laughs> but I think, you know, uh, things now are scary, you know, ah, I would be afraid to try anything now. Mm. So, yeah. 21 yeah, and over, I think, you know, it's, yeah, um, Emotionally, I think also, I think it it you know, the 21 and over thing I think might be, you know, good for some people. You know, because there's still some people that are still emotionally, you know, psychologically growing still and might not be able to handle even the psychological effects of cannabis. Because when I first thought it was really wacky for me, <laughs> it was really psychological. Um, and so... Oh, that might be a lot to process, and You know, I that's great. Certain things, if people are already anxious, or, you know, high school, I would not even want to be in high school these days with all the social media crap. Oh, my God. No way. Not even. All right. Did I lose I'm here. Oh, there you are. All right. Anywho, that's what we were reading about so far. We're going to read about a nicotine standard in doubt. Okay, so tobacco stocks increased. In late November, after investors noticed that the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services fall 2019 agenda makes no mention of a nicotine product standard, according to a report by Barron. Well, that's really interesting. The U.S. uh, Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, has been mulling over a plan to lower nicotine in cigarettes to um, minimally additive or non-additive levels. In March 2018, the agency issued an advance notice of proposed rulemaking. The FDA is currently reviewing public comments to its proposal. Earlier this year, analysts at Morgan Stanley said profits for major US tobacco companies could be cut off or cut in half if the FDA adopts a maximum nicotine rule uh, describing the policy as a potential game-changer for the US cigarette industry. Well, of course it would be. Uh, by omitting the standard in the fall agenda, Some observers felt the FDA could be open to a gradual nicotine reduction, which it had earlier said could lead smokers to simply compensate for the lower nicotine levels. That's true. Uh, This is clearly good news for the tobacco industry. Effectively, the nicotine standard is no longer on the to-do list, said uh, Nico von Stockelberg, an analyst at Broker Liberum. FDA spokeswoman Stephanie Kokomo Uh, said the omission doesn't mean the agency doesn't uh, does not consider the regulations a priority or that it would uh, discontinue work on their development. Well, it certainly doesn't help. I mean, there you go. There's no standards, So, of course, the nicotine stocks went up. Oh, boy. Okay, well, here it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and so then you're going to have the big backers, you know, um, they're the ones that bought all the stock, you know, had there been a, a limit on the amount of nicotine, you know, but the, the truth is, like they were saying, if you limit the amount of nicotine, they're just going to buy more cigarettes to get the fix, it's not like it's going to go away, you know, they're just, if they needed one pack before, then they're going to need two, so, right, yeah, they're going right. to, yeah, well, and so, anyway, that's very interesting. All right, flavor ban signed into law. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, November 27th, signed into law, severe restrictions on the sale of flavored tobacco and vapor products, making his state the first to enact such stringent controls, that, uh, reports NPR. Uh, set to date, uh, set to effect on June 1st, 2020, the law limits the sale of flavored nicotine vapor products, including menthols, the licensed smoking bars, where they may only be smoked on site. Whoa. Repeat um, that, now? that now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so set to start June 1st. The law limits the sale of flavored nicotine vapor products, including menthol, to licensed smoking bars, where they may only be smoked on site. So it's kind of like a vape lounge, probably, where you can only vape those there. The same restrictions apply to all other flavored tobacco products, including menthol cigarettes and flavored chewing tobacco. The legislation also calls wow. a 75% – I know. How bizarre. Hey, guys, <laughs> let's get together and go chew, you know? Like, come on. What do you want to do tonight? Go chew. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm chewing with some friends tonight. Yeah. Oh, can I chew? I don't know. Oh, come on. Everyone's chewing tonight. The legislature right, also week.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm going to a different chew group. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's open a Good chew on. lamp. I'm still going to open my opium <laughs> den. <though>. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's coming back. Medical opium. It's on its way. <laughs> See? It's magic. <laughs> nice. Um, The legislation also imposes a 75% excise tax on e-cigarettes. It's pretty clear there isn't going to be a federal policy on this anytime soon. Baker said it's a signing. So in, in the absence of that, we had to act. Oh, vapor businesses in Massachusetts have been protesting the restrictions since they were first proposed. Quote, the people that were applauding the government the loudest were the criminals and gangs that already operated in the in the illegal black market. <laughs> John Sherr, executive director of the New England Convenience Store and Energy Marketers Association, was quoted as saying, "Well, yeah, because now the black market's going to just go cray cray. Oh my lord. Well, you know what? what you know what else goes cray cray around here? Puff.
0: puff, puff. Bost, 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 Bost,
3: Hello, hello, my main man, Obama. A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana. What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no, the DEAs will be like, ah, oh, they got volcano. I'm
0: gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket. I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking. Hey Obama, stop being a hypocrite, you used to smoke weed, fool I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket I'm a hunt, looking for a fight shop, this is fucking awesome Let's end the war on drugs, it's time to hold old love These special interest groups are nothing more than corporate drugs Let's end the war on drugs
1: all right, welcome back to weekday Day Wednesday, everybody. Oh, there you go. Now the audience woke up a bit. January twenty second. We're reading some vape stuff because it's cool to read about. Uh, very interesting uh, about the different bands that are happening and um, and the and the talk about the black market and Silver Sister and Cannabis Kid are here. Well, you know, here, Hi, everybody, oh, somewhere. Cannabis Kid, you're there, right? I'm here. I'm here. Oh, there you are. I know. It's like here, here, there's and there's I know Silver Sister. Some some Silver Sisters waving out there. I know that. So, Um, yeah. So Massachusetts and their flavor bands. All right. So the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has filed for uh, substantive scientific review the pre-market tobacco product application, PMTA, that was recently submitted by Reynolds American Inc. for Fused Vapor Products, RAI. Reynolds, one of the biggest tobacco people in the world. Quote, this is a first of its kind application for Views products, and it puts Views one step closer to gaining a marketing order from the FDA, said RAI CEO Ricardo Oberlander. Quote, the FDA will now review our scientific just, uh, justification and determine the appropriateness of Views e cigarette products against the public health standard. The views application comprises more than 150,000 pages of research and data, according to RAI. According to RAI Executive Vice President James Beglar, the company surveyed current tobacco users to understand product use behavior and demographics, conducted behavior studies of current and uh, non-users of tobacco to gauge consumer understanding of risk, and interest in product use, and perform statistical population modeling to project the effect on the population as a whole. Uh, in addition, RAI conducted clinical studies that looked at the abuse of potential abuse products, which included examining nicotine pharmacokinetics, as well as conducted several studies to examine the aerosol properties of the products and the temperature during use. And they also should study, and I think there is, um, I think there's an article in here about the batteries and uh, what kind of um, the limitations of, you know, because all these batteries that are blowing up. Anyway, interesting. That is a very interesting uh, situation we've got going on there. Um, The FDA, or, uh, yeah, Reynolds, going for used vapor products. That would be really big if they did that because that means that the tobacco industry is still just killing it out there. Like literally killing killing people out there. No good. Okay, oh, here we go. Um the whole uh, one of the big reasons that, you know, people are ending up in the hospital, they uh, doctors have, have thought the problem to be was vitamin E acetate, right? So Here's evidence mounts against vitamin E acetate. U.S. health officials have found more evidence implicating vitamin E acetate in the recent outbreak of vaping-related illness, uh, uh, reports AP. Um, And that's a thing now. It's an actual terminology, vaping-related illness. Um, Researchers compared black market vaping cartridges seized in Minnesota during the outbreak this year with vaping liquid seized in the state last year, The newer cartridges contained the compound vitamin E acetate, but none of the older samples did. They also looked at vaping cartridges collected from a dozen patients. Vitamin E acetate was commonly found in those as well. The study echoes other work that found the substance in the damaged lungs of 29 patients across the U.S quote, the findings further support a potential role for vitamin E acetate in causing lung injury associated with vaping products, quote, said Ruth Winfield, a Minnesota health official. Well, and that's the thing about the, um, uh, the vaping devices and the, and the chemicals and all the liquids and things that are in there. I don't think we've been vaping this harshly long enough to know the effects and I think that these you know, obviously these effects are coming out and we need to be really super careful. And the way they vape, I swear, man, it's just not normal. They're not vaping normally these days. <laughs> it's not like Little House I mean, Terrace, guys are sucking themselves in like your life depends on it, you know? So, um, I don't I don't know. It's hard. Um all right. Here's another one. I love these little articles, these are great Leniency for safety modifications. Okay, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, will not enforce violations of its pre market review requirements relating to limited safety modifications to tobacco products on the market as of August 6, 2000, or August 8, 2016, according to a new guideline issued by the agency. The guidance. Pertains to battery-operated tobacco products modified to comply with the voluntary industry UL 8139 battery standard and nicotine e-liquids modified to comply with the restricted flow requirements set out in the Child Nicotine Poisoning Prevention Act (CNPPA) of 2015. See, um, yeah. The FDA, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, and global certification company UL worked together to develop a voluntary industry standard, UL 8139, to help manufacturers mitigate potentially battery-related risks associated with their battery-operated tobacco products. Yeah, so you couldn't like suck in so hard you're gonna blow up the battery, which they did. The FDA said it recognizes that to comply with the battery standard and the CNPPA. Manufacturers may need to change their uh, certain aspects of their products, which may render their products a, as new tobacco products. Uh, the compliance policy provides that the FDA does not intend to enforce violations of the pre-market review requirements of products that were modified to comply with UL 8139 standard of the CNTPA. Well, that's interesting. All right. Let's see what time it is. Alright, 841 Oh, we haven't even gotten to Well, I, that's a big article Well, no, it's not uh, Kind of big Anyway, um, here we go, jobs at risk uh, More than fifty thousand Jobs will be lost in the Independent U.S. vapor industry If the Trump administration moves forward With a ban on flavored vapor products According to a study released by the Vapor Technology Association How they figure that If they can limit grapes I mean, come on Um, Compiled by John and Associates, report analyzes sales of flavored uh, vapor products in the independent vapor distribution chain and finds that approximately 91.6% of sales of vapor products are flavors other than tobacco, uh, with 85.7% being other than tobacco and menthol. Okay, well, there's your answer. Uh, Dunham concludes that if a flavor ban was implemented, the independent vapor segment of the market would cease to exist in any meaningful way since the vast majority of the 13,480 independent vapor shops in the country, which currently generate 58,430 full-time equivalent jobs, um, would likely have to close. No business can continue to exist where it it loses 90% of its revenue. Yeah, wow uh, According to Dunham's analysis A federal flavor ban would result in the elimination Of over 151,850 jobs uh, Decimating the independent vapor products industry In addition, he said that a federal ban Would have an adverse impact on the U.S. economy By causing sales to fall about $8.4 billion And the overall economy would see a 22.5 uh, four billion dollar hit wow that's crazy the vta argues for methods that tackle youth vaping without eliminating the independent vapor distribution chain such as uh, such as a higher minimum purchase age well the thing is we've got you know 29 30 deaths so, you know a lot of deaths from this kind of stuff and more research needs to be done and but I think literally, again, it's the amount that they're vaping in one moment that they take in to their lungs. It's a crazy, crazy amount. I don't know if you've been in a room with someone you're listening to a weed show, <laughs> but you've probably been in a room with someone at vaping, and um, it, it takes up the entire room. And, you know what, we were, I was at at Tumbleweed the other day, and someone asked if they could actually vape. And um, I said, as long as it doesn't take up the entire room. Because, you know, that's, first of all, you can get secondhand vaped, probably. And um, it's just not, it's not kind, you know, because not everybody wants to it's smell not, it.
0: No one wants to
1: smell it. Or see it, you know. Um, it's just, it's not for everybody. So it's just kind of like smoking. Um, in fact, it's kind of like smoking cigarettes. Maybe they should just go outside to vape as well. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, exactly. You know, it's just a matter of of not being rude. You know, like you said, they don't want to smell that. And it depends on what's in it. And this this person, this gal, was nice enough to um to ask, which I thought was a really a really nice thing to do because most people just sit and do it anyway, you know. So no. oh, here's an article before we get to cloudy perspectives, or if we do it all. I found some articles I wanted to read. Um bees like big hemp and they cannot last. Studies show. Some pollinators tend to flock to hemp, but according to a recent study, the taller trees, the more plentiful the bees. Researchers at Cornell University collected bees at 11 hemp farms in the Finger Lakes region of central New York in the summer of 2018 to identify which ones are attracted to hemp and to, quote, analyze the effects of landscape composition, quote, when they visit the crop. In the study published in the journal Environmental um, Entomology last week, the team found that plant height is, quote, strongly correlated, quote, with bee abundance and that hemp plants at least two meters tall attract nearly 17 times the number of bee visits compared to shorter plants. Oh, poor indicas. <laughs> indicas are going to get left out of bees, pollination. Um Both the sheer number and species of bees found visiting hemp increased with plant height. Additionally, they found that the cash crop can support 16 different um, bee varieties in the northeastern United States. Of the 355 individual bees captured by, quote, repeat uh, sweep net collections, quote, 60% were apis, mellifera or western honeybees. While 30% were bombus impatiens, the most commonly encountered bumblebee in eastern North America, which is in, uh, intensively relied upon for pollination, author's note, um, as cultivation of hemp increases, growers, land managers, and policymakers should consider its value in supporting bee communities and take its attractiveness to bees into account when developing pest management strategies, quote. Um, Plant height was strongly... Cor- okay, that's a quote in the middle. Never mind. We just read that. Oh, it's one of those days with marijuana. A similar study published earlier this year in Colorado concluded bees are uniquely attracted to hemp, a finding that uh, may inform more uh, sub- sustainable agricultural practices. And this is awesome that we're, we're reaching out and finding more natural ways to make plants bigger and healthier. Although hemp does not have the characteristic vivid colors, enticing aromas and other alluring features that tempt insects and other pollinators, it nevertheless produces large amounts of pollen at a time of the year when there's typically a shortage, meaning hemp can be an important and plentiful source of food and nectar for bees when they need it. The authors noted that bee populations, wild and domesticated alike have taken a hit in recent years due to quote large scale intensified agriculture quote, uh, according to the study landscape simplification or the replacement of native plants with cash crops negatively impacted the total number of bees near hemp but did not affect the number of species found. This research suggests that hemp, especially tall plants could be crucial to stemming declining bee populations. Alright guys all you weed growers, get your bees out there Uh, New York has taken significant steps to encourage the cultivation of hemp. In 2015 the Empire State launched a hemp agricultural research pilot program two years later the state lifted limits on the number of sites authorized for hemp growth and researched and expanded the program to include businesses and farmers Congress paved the way for a massive expansion of hemp products uh, production in 2018 after Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell pushed to add a provision legalizing hemp into the 2018 Farm Bill uh, helping to make his home state of Kentucky a significant hemp producer Uh, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer has also been a champion of the hemp industry, and he's taken steps to ensure that his state reaps the benefits of the crops' legalization. After the Farm Bill was enacted, Schumer celebrated an announcement from a major cannabis company that said it would be investing millions into a hemp park in New York. Wow. And after that company, Canopy Growth Corp experienced a staffing shakeup, he called executives directly to confirm that plans were still on to launch the site with a staffing shape shakeup. People quit. Come on. <laughs> staffing shake up. Well of course these like big hemp and they cannot lie Uh that's fantastic. So there you go. There's the whole and this is what Cannabis Kid and I and Silver Sister since we all went through the uh Well, we've been to a few of the uh, cannabis conferences, and and what Cheryl Schumann said, you're in the basement of it all. You're just starting. This is just starting. So seriously, (laughs) we're eight-plus years in, and we're just starting. Like, if you want to do something in this industry, uh, there are so many opportunities for you to do something in the industry. Um, So if you like bees and you're not allergic to them... <laughs> I'd have to carry around. Uh, I'd probably just have, yeah. I'd have to carry around like you know twelve packs of epipens. Um, all right, so here we go. Forty percent of Arizona hemp crops must be destroyed due to too much THC. Now, why do they have to destroy them? Why can't they just? Why can't it be used <laughs> for medicine or? Yeah, or exactly lotions, balms. Why can't they? Gear up, you know, team up with the uh, dispensaries somehow and figure out not to waste that. If they can't use it, the dispensaries can. Anyway, anywho, uh, uh, bye, Canvas Kid. We love you. Thanks for being here. I love you. I'll talk to you guys soon. Okay, Canvas Kid, everybody, have a great day. woo Woo! woo All right. Um, Where were we? Here we go. So, yeah, um, hemp. Cannabis's cousin is gaining extraordinary popularity in Arizona. Many farmers are replacing crops such as cotton, traditionally grown in Arizona, to cultivate hemp, the country's newest cash crop. However, Arizona law states that hemp cannot contain over point well this says 0.03% THC, the psychoactive substance in cannabis. AZ Central reported. If it does, the crop must be destroyed. To date, nearly 40% of Arizona's Uh Arizona farmers hemp plants have failed the THC test, according to the Arizona Department of Agriculture, uh Plants Services Division, the agency that oversees the state's hemp program. Forty percent. Man, that's really bad average. (laughs) Quote at forty percent, that's off the charts, said Sullivan of the Arizona Hemp Industry Trade Association. I'm taken aback by that. That's substantial. According to the Agriculture Department, since early December, 53 of the 130 hemp crops tested have failed. That's nearly 700 acres of hemp plants. Oh my lord! Oh, conservatively, one acre of hemp is worth approximately $20,000, but often go for well above that in price. If about 700 hemp acres are non-compliant, it means there's about $13.4 million. Uh, in losses, right there, the failure rate is not unexpected. Uh, is not unexpected based on anecdotal information from around the country regarding uh, variable seed quality and genetic expression. For THC content between the varieties planted, John Carabetta, uh, associate director of the Plant Services Division, mentioned, "Wow, but seriously, again, we really need to find a way to not destroy um, any percent of the." Crops that don't pass. There's got to be a way to um, talk to the dispensaries about that. That's really sickening. Ooh. Oh, okay. Here we go. This is bad news. <laughs> drug cartels are smuggling new forms of marijuana across the border. Ooh. That's a very big boo because if it's a new form, what the hell is it? Oops. apartment language. Okay. Um, wow, these are tiny, tiny articles here. Uh, drug cartels have been getting creative when it comes to uh, getting drugs across the border. They've used uh, catapults, submarines, drones, backpackers, and now those backpackers are lugging what looks like crude oil, but it's really pure THC concentrate. (laughs) Law enforcement officials in Arizona have been on the trail of these backpackers. According to Detective Shea of the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office, MCSO, it takes about 250 pounds of marijuana to make A five-gallon bucket of THC concentrate, or as he calls it, crude cannabis oil, ABC 15 News reported. It's estimated that one bucket of the concentrate can make more than $500,000 worth of vape cartridges. Detective Shea said, I started to see that people, um, the people that would usually backpack marijuana through the desert were now backpacking up crude oil. Vaping has become a popular consumption method for marijuana. Detective Shea speculates this is the driving force behind the cartel's shift from the illegally transporting and selling marijuana flowers to concentrates. Detective Shea said, "Quote, the black market cannabis cartridges are going to be a hazardous period. Well, and there you have it. Oh well, that too. Um, crude oil, crude cannabis oil. Wow. Well, that's Why do they? Well, I guess they have to put a negative spin on it because it's illegal." So don't do that. And who knows? Quote crude, crude cannabis oil. Who knows what's in there? Seriously. We have no idea what's in anything. Well, you know, and this year, the cannabis uh, dispenser, because they're going to have to, oops, by law, <laughs> start testing all their weed. So literally put your weed in it. Well, there's so many things I haven't got to today, but um, let's see. Um, I do. Uh, there's oh, there's another article I wanted to read to see how big this one is. Ooh, this one's oh, I think we might be able to get through it. So, this is a question we get all the time at Tumbleweed South Center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. There it is again. Come on down, um, and we'll get you in to see a doctor if you have any challenges, and we'll let you know what those are. But there's an article on High Times. Doctors warn cannabis may interact with certain heart medications. Uh, a review of research published this week is leading doctors to warn that the use of cannabis may interact with medications used to treat cardiova- uh, cardiovascular disease. The review was published uh, online by the Journal of the American College of Cardiology on Monday. Dr. Uh, Musaya Varagandathan, a cardiologist at the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, A lead author of the study says using marijuana can affect the efficacy of some medications used to treat cardiovascular disease, including statins and blood thinners. Because these drugs and cannabis are broken down in the liver by the same enzymes, marijuana use can increase the time they stay in the body, effectively increasing the dose. For example, one study published last year found that using cannabis can interact with the effectiveness of the popular blood thinner warfarin. Patients who are using the drug may need to reduce the dose by as much as 30% to avoid excessive bleeding. Marijuana can also increase the potency of of statins, potentially causing a dangerous drop in blood pressure. Um, Well, Dr. V advises patients to discuss their marijuana use with their doctors, which we do the same always. The first step is having an open discussion with clinicians because it does influence some of parts of their care. Uh, once physicians are aware of the patient's cannabis use, they can determine if their regimen of care should be modified. Quote, the review provides detailed tables of many drugs administered for various cardiovascular conditions with the anticipated effects of marijuana on each one. These will be helpful to cardiologists and pharmacists reviewing patients' med- uh, medications and will help them collaboratively decide whether they need to adjust dosing if the patient continues to use marijuana. That's a great list. Smoke, uh, the review of uh, the, the review of the available evidence, which the study uh, the study's authors admit is limited, also showed that some methods of cannabis consumption may be riskier than others. Our review suggests that smoking marijuana carries many of the same cardiovascular health hazards as smoking tobacco. While the level of evidence is modest, there's enough data for us to advise caution in using marijuana for our highest-risk patients, including those who present with a heart attack or new arrhythmia or who have been hospitalized with heart failure. Dr. Sugio Fazio, a professor of cardiovascular medicine at Oregon Health and Science University, important who was not involved in the research, advises that edibles are safer than smoking or vaping, and he acknowledges that some cannabis use, particularly if it reduces stress, may actually contribute to cardiovascular health, although... He Advises against excessive use. Uh, anytime someone says that they were able to get off eight hours uh, to get eight hours of peaceful sleep because they use a little bit of mer- med- uh, med- medical marijuana, their cardiovascular health will likely be better off with the use of marijuana, Fazio said. When you move to the purely recreational use, that's where the risk associated with heart problems potentially outweigh the benefits. Well, I don't agree with that last statement, but at any rate, I can't believe what time it is already. It's that time. And I want to say, there it is. Thank you for listening to We'd Say Wednesday. We got to some of the articles I wanted to get to, so that's great. Thank you, Cannabis Kids, for uh, tuning in and chatting it up. And thank you, Silver Sister, for tuning in. Uh, stay warm out there. It's very, very cold. And don't slip on the ice. You can get, you know, get some fun little slip-on... Um, claw things, but you won't flip on the ice. Anyway, saw those on TV. Anywho, thanks for tuning in to Weed Day Wednesday, folks. It's always awesome to be here for you guys. I love reading weed stories and educating myself and everybody about what's going on. And speaking of educating yourselves, please read the initiatives out there before you vote on anything. Don't just take what they say at face value. It's important to read. And it's always super important to be smart, be safe, and educate. Have an awesome weed day, Wednesday, everyone. Smoke some weed.
3: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?"
1: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, uh-huh, in my dentist's office.